0: We uh, love you. We are your people and the sheep of your pasture. And we have a different testimony than the rest of the world. That is that you are good. That you are the light that has come into this dark world. You are illuminating yourself in the hearts of men and women all over the globe, gathering them into your great fold. God, we are privileged today to call ourselves a part of your kingdom family. God, as we dive into your text today, would you uh, stir our hearts afresh? Would you encourage us of the strength of this kingdom, uh, the subtleness of how it's built does not uh, give credence to the magnitude of its scope and its expanse but God I pray that today our hearts would be set afire to know that we put our chips on the right side of the board that the kingdom of God will prevail and there's not anything that will ever stand in its way God we love you bless this time and bless your servant as I share in Christ's name amen amen Uh, uh, you know, I love going down memory lane, and I'm a theological mutt, uh, which means I, just so many different um, uh, 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 aspects to my upbringing and my my time in church. And uh, you know, y'all often get the Black Baptist stuff, you know, some some of that. And then, um, but my mom also was. Uh, I grew up in the Air Force, so we multi cultural, multi-class kind of ministry stuff was never new to us. Um, we had worship services on the Air Force bases, and uh, I think like 80s and 90s, this is Lornell Harris. See, y'all don't know nobody. You're too young for that. Sandy Patty, you know what I'm saying? Okay, we got a little bit of And, and Ron Cannoli, Integrity Music. Y'all don't know anything about that, but um, just imagine, I, you know, as I was, you know, I get my illustrations at the 12th hour, and uh, I was went back this morning to YouTube, and I just wanted to see the video of them, and, and there they are in the uh, <laughs> in this dark room, and it, those of y'all who talk about TBN, but you never watched it, you just need to go experience it a couple of times, um, but, you know, uh, there you know, so every once in a while, they'll have these sing-alongs, these praise sing-alongs, and all the famous Christian artists of CCM will be there, and they'll have a mic, and they'll be singing. It's just really colorful, and it's kind of amazing. But Ron Cannoli was, was uh, doing this song, um, uh, Righteousness, Peace, Joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Nobody knows it but me. But that's the kingdom of God. Hey, Miss Gentlemen, we were raised in the same place. Just... <laughs> Back Hills, Kentucky, somewhere, we was there. (laughs) Tim and Kelly. Um, But, uh, you know, it was these just to go back, man, it was afros, it was white dudes with collarless shirts, with the little medallion in the middle, with like colorful blazers, and the hair slicked back, you know, looking like Steven Seagal, you know, it just and they all singing, it's VHS, but they would look like they were having such a good time, man, it was so amazing, joy in the Holy Ghost, that's the kingdom, and the question, don't you want to be a part of the kingdom, right, that was the pitch, that was the chorus, that was the tag on the song, and I just remember like, man, that is... So much fun I want to be a part. It looks like so much fun like a salty sing-along um, you I'm dating myself y'all don't know <laughs> y'all don't know about that either but um, and, and, I, and I just remember like like that being probably more apropos and that being probably right more on par with I think what Jesus is trying to do much more than our pitches you know we got our share jar up here and I hope that as we share uh, the the glories and invite people into the kingdom it's not like hey uh would you like to give your life to Jesus and I know you don't really want to I know you think it's boring it is boring but you know just you know know, no man this is this is the kingdom of God that we get to be a part of and you remember when we started Mark this is the reason why he came Mark 14 15 says after uh John was arrested he went forth throughout the region and he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom what the two 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 words we say for gospel Good news, right? This is the good news of the kingdom. The time is fulfilled. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. This is why he came to herald and to announce this uh, kingdom that is coming. And remember, this gospel, this news that you're hearing is not just any news, it's the pronouncement of a whole new world order. It's the gospel in the air. Remember, we talked about this, and this is important. As you are explaining the truth, as you're explaining the gospel, as you're witnessing the people, uh, we're not just talking about a savior who's forgiven sins. That is a part, but it's not it in totality. You gotta give him the gospel in the air, the gospel of the gospel, that he's restoring all things, man that he is ushering in a kingdom where prosperity will exist for all people, that peace and stability will exist for all people, right? And so you can imagine that um, as he's preaching this message to uh, a Jewish people who for the last several hundred years have been pushed out of their land, they're vagabonds, right? They're bouncing back and forth between captivity and just hiding out in caves and wherever they were. As he's preaching this message, these eager ears are probably. like yeah man I'm ready I want that but they're thinking political revolution like, yes, come, somebody's going to overthrow the Roman government and and and, and somebody's going to sit Caesar and Herod uh, down and, and we're going to be in charge. They're thinking national restoration, right? Yeah. Well, our people remember that the Jewish faith was not merely uh, the belief system, but it was also an ethnic identity as well. So the Jewish people are like, yes, we've been marginalized. We've been kicked down. We've been working for folks. We've been enslaved. But one day our our nation, come on! I'm preaching somebody. We're gonna be right back where we need to be on top. Jesus says, "I have none of it." It's actually not what I'm here to do. Could you imagine anything more discouraging to hear? If you're looking for political revolution, you're looking for a national leader, an ethnic leader, and he gets up. You're like, "That's our that's our leader right there." He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm not here for the black folks." Yeah, man, I'm not here for the Republican Party. I'm doing my own thing. Man, we better be careful, huh? Maybe we better be careful, right, that we don't have these functional saviors, that we're not actually looking for something that Christ is not here to bring to us, right? Like, like our lives don't live or die on midterm elections. They don't. It don't matter what man or woman sit in that White House or any other house. Our world don't change, man. The kingdom that we're a part of, it will prevail. I'm ahead of myself, but I just had to get it out. Man, I kind of was a little shaky sometimes when I get the man. You seen Wakanda? I'm like, yeah, I love it, love it, love it, love it. Let's, just, yeah, let's be careful. You know, even as we are dreaming and fantasizing about Wakanda, I, I understand why you're grabbing a hold to it and you don't really know that you're actually not looking for Wakanda. You're looking for the, ooh, you're looking for the city whose maker and builder is God, actually. See, it just gave you a look, it gave you a little taste, right? But you don't know, actually, we don't want Wakanda. Ooh, we want that. The streets paved with gold. And so you can imagine as Jesus is trying to usher this thing in, people are just confused. This is a total paradigm shift for them. And so the best way that he could help them understand the kingdom that he would bring, he said, man, let me just, it's like this. You know, you ever, you know I'm looking at Chris, and I can imagine him talking to Bubba and, and Sid, and it It's like, you know, they're trying to figure out, oh, man, what, and, 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 and he's just like, well, no, no. It's just like this. He starts telling a parable. The best way I could describe it to you is just make it metaphor analogous to something, right? And so this is what we see Jesus doing. He employs this uh, technique called parables, and uh, he's going to unleash those on his hearers. And what we will see today is God is going to use the truth that is received by faith to mysteriously, magically the best word I could find. Build his kingdom. God's going to use the truth that is received by faith to mysteriously, magically build his kingdom. Maybe I'd use supernaturally. Now that I have a chance to think about it. <laughs> so uh, remember, these parables that we're seeing here in Mark 4, um, they're used in all of the synoptics, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the other gospel is There you go, you're on it, right? So all of these uh, parables are included, um, but uh, Matthew's account, he's got them scattered across all of his book, right? Uh, Mark is using these things in successive order. So he has these four parables that appear in Matthew all across the book. He's going to put them in successive order, one after another. Uh, does that mean that they go together remember we talked last week about the purpose of parables does every little detail of the parable have some kind of special meaning no it's just your immediate and the most clear and obvious uh theme is what Jesus wants you to get and so as we look at these we need to kind of see them separately right they're related because they're all about the kingdom um, but they're to be seen separately And now Jesus taught many things in many places right and so um these impactful Full sermons that these guys were hearing from walking with this dude for three years you know they could remember these things but sometimes they probably couldn't put them in the in the context from which they were said I was in my last seminary class was Acts Romans and we did some time actually uh, there are three big speeches in Acts and we actually did spend a little time uh, uh, parsing out what is faithful speech writing in Acts? What would that have looked like, right? There's no beat writers. There's nobody standing there at the press conference like, Jesus, can you repeat that, what you just said? Like, you don't have a press room, no pressers. There's no live tweeting. And so what would, what would a faithful recording of that, uh, of that sermon have been, right? Faithful uh, recording would have just been, did they get the main theme? That's what we see kind of when we get the acts. Was like maybe some of these other details we're foggy on, but we got the main theme. I kind of liken it to, um, you know, if me and my sisters were sitting here in the front of you and we were just talking and we just you know, going back down memory lane, you know, what did mom always used to say? Look, before we, look, I would say, yeah, before we would get out into that piggly wiggly in the parking lot, she'd say, listen, you don't have no money. Don't touch nothing. See with your eyes, not with your hand. You're not hungry, so don't ask. <laughs> okay? I don't have no money, so don't ask me, right? We would sit there and we would laugh and we just go, because we all knew mom said all these things, but we would probably all attribute them to different contexts, right? That's just kind of what we do. Oh, I remember when she said it here, but you remember when she said it there. So this is kind of what they're doing here, Matthew and Mark here. It's, 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 <laughs> I can imagine them... Um, you know Jesus is teaching and he's got his disciples and the listeners and one of them has to go relieve themselves and he comes back and he's like hey man uh, where's he at oh the sower oh man I love that one <laughs> This is how that worked. These messages, these parables were probably heard several hundred of times. Right. And so this is what we have here. Now, the majority of the past couple chapters, we've been kind of focusing on the king himself. But what we kind of get in these parables will give us more insight into the actual kingdom and kind of what it's like. So let's pick back up in verse 21. Says, and he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or a bed? not on a stand for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest nor is anything secret except to come to the life everybody say the purpose of truth now that 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 uh verse is a lamp is a lamp brought in to be under a basket that's best going to be transliterated um with a definite article like the original greek um has uh The in it and not an A in it, right? Did I do that right, teachers? Right? So actually that's going to read not is a lamp brought in, but does the lamp come in order to be put under a basket, which changes everything. This is not just generally talking about a light, but what? The light. And the light... Um, is Christ. Jesus is speaking about the light that has come into the world, namely himself, that that is uh, the breakthrough of the kingdom of God. A lamp, um, if you know anything about illumination in your house, you don't put the lamp in the closet. The purpose of the lamp is to illuminate. So you put it where you can maximize the light that it gets, right? You don't learn these things, husbands, until your bachelor pad gets transformed by your sweet, lovely Christ filled. Why? Don't put it there. Why? I mean, I've never seen more space created out of, like, 400 square feet than when Gina came. It was just like I had fridges next to couches and microwaves next to TVs. It, just, you know, it was efficient for me. I could play my game and warm up my hot pocket at the same time. I didn't even have to stop. got to, right? But, you know, thank God for a holy matrimony, and it's like, oh, man, you know, I can't. I actually have to walk to the microwave, but. It feels better in here. I ain't not gonna lie. There's more space. I'm not stepping on stuff, right? We praise God for it, right? Um, so this little light of mine, you know we've sung it. What you gonna do with your little light? I'm gonna let it shine, right? Now this is so. I hate that such a hard truth is kind of uh, uh, just maybe bailed by such a sweet little song. But this is hard. <laughs> This little light of mine, you're like, yes, I'ma let it shine. You're like, oh. What does that actually mean? Oh, that means that truth is not meant to be concealed. This offends every people pleasing tendon in my body. I remember when we first got married, Gina and I are the counterbounds opposite of each other, and that baby is a truth speaker. And I literally, Gina be getting ready to say stuff, and I be, boom, 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 boom. I'm so grateful to her for teaching me how to reject passivity. Literally, it's just times where you just have to swallow it, and you have to say the truth. But there's no convenient time to tell it, is it, y'all? This is hard, man. And, and, and essentially, I, I got ahead of myself, but I'll, I'll dive in. You know, we, we, we talk about Luther and those 95 theses and nailing it, and we've made it some kind of fairy tale, but all I could tell you about the rest of that brother's life is hiding other places, scared in front of councils. This is not convenient. Uh, one of the commentaries I was reading about, Um, Galileo and Copernicus Copernicus through his study said oh man I don't actually think I think I've seen that oh the earth is uh, uh, the sun is not revolving around the earth the earth is not the center of the universe so he wrote about it the Holy Roman Catholic Church got wind of it and they said you better recant it he recanted it you're right I didn't see that correctly (laughs) Galileo picks it back up he's like oh no I think Copernicus was on to something right Oh, Holy Roman Catholic Church, put a little press, put a little lean on them. say, okay, I'm going to recant that thing too. I didn't see what I just thought I saw, right? Actually, some met, met some very strong religious leaders who we hold tr- dear actually rebuked him, right? But the truth stands, doesn't it? Truth stands, but it's never a convenient time to say it and to speak it. We spent, I especially, A lot of hours in prayer for some of our brothers and sisters in the the household of faith. The Methodist Church, a very, very impactful and pivotal vote. This week, they had an emergency council to figure out how they were going to handle same-sex issues. Now, let me just tell you as our church, so you don't have to figure out where we stand. That the truth of the matter is, especially in our uh, LGBT Q community, there's probably not a more misunderstood group of people on the face of the planet. I'll be the first to tell you that. And I'll be the first to tell you that the church people I know of love have abused, humiliated that crowd of people um, and distinguished them from the rest of broken and sinful humanity in ways that I just think, are utterly embarrassing. There are people in this audience, in our community, from the beginning of our plant in this church who identify, who are same-sex attracted, who are worshiping with us, and they will always be welcome and free to do that. I will also say this, though: we will never marry anyone same-sex attraction won't do it we won't have same-sex weddings here because we believe in the sanctity of the scripture that i have to hold the sanctity of manhood and womanhood and i have to hold the fact that every broken the adulterer the 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 murderer the the lazy husband the all sinners, I got to hold them as made in the image God. But I got to hold these two things together. I'm not going to put one at the other, and I'm not going to lean one over the other. And I know that may have just said, this, this ain't my church. But we love you. I love you. You'll never be able to walk out this room and say, man, those people hate us. No, we told you. We'll take it. But I'm not worried about being... On the right side of history. I want to be on the right side of truth. I got a God to answer to. They could take whatever status they want to. We could have several people walking in and out of this church. But when we signed up for the kingdom of God, the primary principle that we agreed to was God is right, He's just right. And whatever my way is, it has to be subordinated to his. That, that is so conflicting in my heart. Even as we wrestled this week with our sisters passing, Gina was trying to literally minister to me as I'm trying to minister to other folks. But my my mind did not want to bank on God's sovereignty, that he knew what was going on, that he had all things worked out for the good of those. I didn't want to hear it. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I'm telling Gina, I'm I'm trying, I'm trying. I just know that I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm trying. And I think if you're walking with Christ, that's what it really looks like. There's a whole bunch of arguments you have because both of you can't be right. Well, I think this God. I think it's time for me to get a new house. No, it's not. (laughs) I think it's a new job. Nope. Raise your hand if you and God had a couple arguments this week. (laughs) I got some things I'm ready for, Lord. No, it's not. Essentially, what I'm saying while I'm tearing my time up is that the church has to be about revealing the light moving any of the obstructions out of its way, right? By default, we will conceal it is what I'm saying. If we're not actively trying to move everything out of the way that's obstructing the view of the light, we're just kind of by default concealing it. We're veiling it because it's just more comfortable and we won't do it by nature. But it's the duty of every faithful congregation around the world to push the basket aside and to get the light out there. I just got to get it in a place where it can be seen. William Barclay says the truth may be attacked. It may be delayed. It may be suppressed. It may be mocked at times. But the end, it brings its revenges. And in the end, truth will prevail. Verse 23 it says if anyone has an ear to hear let him hear and he said to them pay attention to what you hear the measure you use it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you for those who have more will be given and from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. The word measure in the passage, it refers to the attitude with which the word of God is just being received, right? If the hearer embraces Jesus' message of the kingdom in a rich and a profound way, then you get more. That is, God will take a residence in your heart, right, If you and, and give increased understanding and blessing. The paradox is this, that the one who welcomes God will be given more of God. The one who rejects God is obstinate, depending on his own resources. What little bit he has gets taken away. It's kind of just a reinforcement of the parable of the sower. The stony ground, you get it taken up. The ones whose heart receive, you get the, the benefit of yielding 30, 60, and some 100 fold. Um, we know this, right? We've seen this in our own life, right? Uh, if <laughs> knowledge doesn't kind of stand still, either you're gaining or you're losing right? Uh, You notice about your pursuit of the new year to get stronger. (laughs) If you don't keep going, the little bit you did, progress you did make, it goes back the other way, right? That's just kind of how it works, right? Uh, You've you've been the person who's been able to say to the young kid, yeah, man, I remember when I, I was, I used to dunk. What happened? Well, uh, right. I used to have all this memorized. Well, what happened? Well, right. With the kingdom of God, with the truth that you hear, if you continue to receive, your capacity increases. When you stop receiving, your capacity shrivels up. Let's plow the ground of your heart and get it ready to be received. This is the truth of the kingdom talk about the mystery of growth. Verse 26, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, the first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Let me just briefly touch this. I think it's a simple principle. I think it's important to your life right now. You just simply need to forget about trying to see the fruit of everything that you're investing in immediately. This is what it is. This is how the kingdom works. Put it in. And uh, I can remember my grandma saying, you know, she about to boil eggs. And then she, a watch pot never boils, right? It ain't doing nothing. Patience, Iago. Sorry, my, (laughs) my Latin reference. Um. We're just a helpless farmer, man. Seed grows, and once that seed is out of our hand, what do we do? We got to let God work. We got to let him work. And God does his work in the quiet recesses of our mind and in the dark of the night is when God does his work. When you're sleeping, he's moving. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but you'll see it later you're sleeping he never slumbers he's at work in your life first corinthians 3 and 7 so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only god who makes things grow the nlt just says it like this it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering what's important is that god makes the seed grow now there's several financial dudes in the room and i imagine if you were sitting with them and you're getting ready to make some investments, you're sitting with some agent, some broker, uh, some advisor. Uh, At some point, the conversation gets to, well, what's my ROI, all right? What's the return on my investment for this seed that's growing? I think if I, you know, I remember, you know Big Marshall? Y'all know Big Marshall, the elder from Second Press who helps us? Uh, I remember, you know, We spent a lot of time together. And I was like, hey, Marshall. I was like, man, I got an extra $500 laying around. I said, I want to make a big investment. (laughs) He said, oh, no, Tim, I don't deal with those denominations. (laughs) I don't deal with $500. I was like, oh, man, what's wrong? My money not good for you, man. (laughs) He deals in the tens and the thousands. Okay, then. So it's humbling. But, you know, I don't... (laughs) I don't know what the return is uh, these days in the New York Stock Exchange and all those numbers. I'm not, I I think I've heard if you were hitting 10%, you're probably pretty good, right? That's something worth spending your money on. Um, But what if you got hit with the 30? What if you got hit with the 60? What if you got hit with a hundredfold return on your blessing? This is, What he's going to end these parables with, it's kind of how he started with the parable of the sower. It's like, hey, man, when it hits the ground, when my seed hits good soil, any Middle Eastern first century farmer would have been happy with a 10% yield. Jesus said, but no, 30, 60, 100. This is kind of how the kingdom grows. And this is it verse 30 and he said with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it is it like it is like a grain of mustard seed which is when it's sown on the ground it's the smallest of all the seeds on the earth yet when it is sown it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade let me just run it quick the idea here is the mustard seed. It is one of the smallest seeds in all of uh, the Mediterranean, all in the world. Um, and, and he's saying this kingdom, it will begin small and it will begin insignificant. There will be nothing comely or or attractive about the way that the kingdom of God will be uh, begin. Nothing essentially emerges full grown. Let me just as a word of comfort, maybe advice and encouragement to parents. I know this is super duper important in my life right now. I don't believe the mysterious growth that Christ just talked about. I am like, why aren't my boys able to drive? Why can't they cook? Why can't they fold? Why can't they do the things that they need to do right now? Why they don't teach? Why they not mature? I'm ready for full grown human beings to live in my house. This is where my heart is not resting in what God's process is right now. I can just tell you right now. But what I'm telling you, parent, who needs to hear what Tim Johnson needs to hear, nobody, nothing emerges full grown. This is not how it works. The guy you're discipling, he don't just hear it and start doing it. That's not how it works, man. This is ours. this is time, this is tears, it is frustration, it is at the end of your rope. This is the way the kingdom of God works. This is the way it's working in your life, I'm sure, right now. And what I love about this verse is as clearly it is pointing to the kingdom. Just all the things that the church is enduring, has endured, and is still surviving persecutions if we are if 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 we're correct and mark wrote this maybe 50 60 right the church is either on the precipice or right in the middle of one of the worst persecutions they would have ever oh come on man and as Mark's readers are reading this and they're hearing about a small mustard seed that one day the whole earth will come to rest on its branches. Do you know how encouraging that is? As their homes are raided, as they're put to the stake, do you, this, is, this means everything to them. It should mean everything to us the kingdom of God cannot be stopped. It will not be stopped. They're trying to literally kill Christianity out of parts of Asia, but the underground church is growing. Yeah. They can't do it. It will. If you have placed all your chips in on the kingdom, I'm sure this is just as encouraging to you as it would have been to them. But you can almost kind of tell where you got your hope in because this is kind of just ho-hum, another verse. Great. Trees, birds, seeds. No, man, this means everything. See, the kingdom way 1 Corinthians 1.27, but God chooses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. He, he chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. Let me just tell you, the kingdom way, you write it down, you pray about it. Small beginnings, dire circumstances, weak things. This is kind of the kingdom way. Small beginnings, dire circumstances, weak things. You know, I could, even in my tiny little world of Christian hip-hop, it's so funny how we clamber just to have one celebrity. You know, you know, Kendrick Lamar, he a Christian. We don't need him. We don't need him. This thing moving, man. With or without Madonna, Michael Jackson, we don't need a president to speak for the kingdom of God. We don't need a celebrity. We don't need a model. We have existed without And we will endure without them. And one day they'll come to rest in its branches. You're not hearing what I'm saying today. I'm saying that God is the ultimate contrarian. He's saying we ought to do it this way. God's like, nope, got a whole nother way. Such as taking a little frail lady with a cane. With loud that light up the whole building. I'm going to take her, and for a couple of months, I'm going to get her to encourage this new little church family. Little old her. Struggling with the back her. Yeah. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that pain, and I'm going to use her to encourage and serve and pull together. And let me tell you the sweet thing God did for that sweet little old lady before she went on up to be with glory. He brought her to a crazy little church plant where she's not even from this. I can guarantee you, multi-ethnic anything ain't nothing that she came from. But she came in, sat under a part of this place where they were hearing about the good news. That one day she traded that cane in for a resurrected body. He gave her a little church that wasn't screaming about getting rich. He gave her a little church that wasn't screaming about your best life. He gave her a church that wasn't screaming about how you're going to enjoy everything right now. But he gave her a little church that told the second Corinthians that though your outward body is wasting away, your inward man is being renewed day by day. Just gave her a little bit of something to hold on to. That one day you're going to trade your mortality for immortality, baby. I got a place prepared for you. Come on, man. He didn't leave her. He didn't just leave her by himself. but he was thoughtful. Come on, man. This is, this is our way. This is all we have hope in. Daniel 4.10 says it like this. These are the visions I saw while I was lying in bed. I looked and therefore before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong. Its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful. Its fruit abundant. And on it was food for all. Under it, wild animals found shelter, and the birds lived, in its branches from every creature was fed. This is this messianic tree. This is the tree at the end of time that will either displace your little tree, or it will be the place where you can find shelter. Let me close it this way. All this agricultural talk, God is both the harvester and the judge. The gospel account says the wheat and the tares grow together. But he says at harvest time, verse 29, that he'll take the sickle and he'll start doing the separating. But I want to encourage you today. That because Christ offered his body for you, you don't have to live in fear of the day of harvest. That you could receive this by faith and you could be in the tree with us. It is good news. Should have broke this up into maybe three parts, but I didn't. So what is this? Go study it on your own. What I want you to leave with, don't conceal the truth. Don't conceal it. Let the light shine. Preach it, receive it by faith. Be patient. Just be patient while the Lord does his work. Late in the midnight hour, God turns things around. And expect the harvest, man. I know I've been long, I'm just telling you. Where's your hope line? Death is so hard. I mean, I knew Miss Megan for about a year, but it still hurt me. She was my friend. And no offense to Miss Megan, but I literally could go into cardiac arrest thinking about one day either me standing over Gina's box or vice versa. That makes me so incredibly sad. I love that woman. And the only thing that can pull me out of that stupor is knowing that this is true. Where's your hope? man? And I'm telling you today that it can be in a more firmer place than having a husband having a job, watching Democrats get back in office, watching black people finally be treated the way that it can be more secure than that, man. Let's pray. Lord, the time is far spent, but the truth, I hope, has not fallen on deaf ears and hard ground that even in the mumble jumble of my rhetoric and words that, Lord, you've encouraged your people, that your faithful ones have found strength today, that your death in life means that they have a future waiting on them that blows their wildest imaginations. God, we pray that... uh, as we leave this place in never your presence, you give us strength and grace to run your race and to remember that you reign in Christ's name. Amen.